ain't you gonna press the flesh, Pappy? Do a little politicking? I'll press your flesh, you little son bitch. You don't tell your Pappy how to cut the electorate. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. Oh, yeah. That's a powerful new phone. Welcome to the Pirate Professor Podcast. I am your uh, captain, Professor Reader, and also Captain Reader, and real, real and for sure, Coast Guard Certified Captain here with you in this um, lovely, lovely day. Uh, so I don't know what time you're actually going to be and when you're going to be listening to it and what the, what the context of your day is. However, um, today when I recorded this, it was actually a pretty lovely day. To be perfectly honest, it was, uh, I don't know if it got to 90 or not, but there wasn't a cloud in the sky, and uh, it was just a good day, so I spent a lot of time inside, and then finally I was just like, you know what, I need to get out. There's only so long you can sit at the computer and work, and, and some days you just need to... Um, Go outside. And um, that was today. Today was one of those days. So sometime in the middle of the afternoon, I just sort of... Um, I had some reading I needed to do uh, for some class prep. So I just took the book outside, sat down out in the grass, and just kind of soaked in the sun and just enjoyed it. And uh, specifically just kind of enjoyed a little bit of quiet time. Quiet time is something a lot of us have a hard time with these days. I don't know exactly what kind of person you are as far as in your own your own head. Um, but there's a lot of folks who just can't quite get their head around having too much quiet time. For whatever reason, the stillness just sort of bothers them. And there was a point, and I get fidgety myself. Uh, but every now and then, I just try to just sort of sit and, uh, I don't know if you'd call it meditating or not, but you just try to sit and be still and just sort of absorb what's going on around you. You know, I've tried to do like the, the meditation stuff in the past and it, I, inevitably, like everyone else, it just sort of fails miserably at trying to do that. And then uh, one of the other professors said, just try something like as far as being just sort of aware, like don't try to like, you know, 
dig into your soul or anything like that. Just sort of sit quietly and just sort of pay attention to the things that are going on around you and just sort of acknowledge them and then go on. And so I've tried doing that and that actually, I, f I find that to be a lot easier and, and frankly kind of much more rewarding. Uh, so you can just sit there, you know, you can keep your eyes open, keep your eyes closed, it doesn't really matter. And then you sort of just sort of um, experience and feel and, and think about things and as, you know, you hear a cicada over in the tree somewhere, you just sort of go, that's a cicada. I'm just going to listen to that for a minute. And then you sort of feel the warmth of the sun on your skin and you sort of acknowledge that is the warmth of the sun on my skin. And it sounds, this sounds kind of uh, ele elementary, but it's actually kind of nice. Uh, and you just sort of... What you're doing is listening. You're listening to the world around you, and you're you're intentionally being observant. Listening seems to be one of those things that we have lost, or we're losing if we're not careful. Um, if you read the book, uh, I mean, by the way, this is for my business and professional uh, speaking class. If you read uh, the book. You know, on the uh, chapter on listening, one of the things they talk about is the percentage of the, the average day that the uh, average person would spend listening. Over the past, you know, several years, that percentage has gone down. Uh, we tend to we tend to do more as far as create content and and look and and consume, but not so much listen. And listening is one of those things that we really should spend a little more time doing. Um, active listening, specifically. You know, there's different kinds of listening. There's the listening where you are just waiting for your turn to talk. Um, there's, it's the listening where you're not you're not engaged in the conversation, and you know, especially if it's in a, a debate type scenario, you're not you're not even listening to think that perhaps you might change your mind you're, you're just simply listening to respond I several years back I did some work up in the New England area in Massachusetts uh, or actually New Hampshire and uh, one of the things I noticed about that area is, is that was different than the south cultural differences people will just talk over the top of each other and so you're the way that you jump in is you there's this little period of time that you just start talking until somebody submits and people don't necessarily think about it and there is a, is a gesture that's rude it's just kind of the way it works there um but if you're here in the south then that typically seems to be sort of a rude sort of um way to go about it you know but it is what it is um other forms of listening I remember a few years ago I was teaching in class and we were talking about technology and at the beginning of the semester um, a lot of times you know I really try to sort of play devil's advocate in class to get students talking get them you know debating each other and I had this class and you just could not get them to talk it didn't, it didn't seem to matter what I did it didn't seem to matter at all and then I don't remember exactly how we got to that point, 
but we were talking about we were talking about communication, obviously. Um, and for some reason, I brought up college guys playing video games. And suddenly the girls in that class just lost their ever-loving minds. And all of this animosity started coming out. And like it was it was pit up rage of of all the things like, you know, they'd of times that they would try to have a conversation and would just get shut out because, you know, what's his face was sitting on the couch for five hours playing Call of Duty with his buddies and had headphones and was screaming at the, you know, computer monitor. And they couldn't get a word edgewise in. And it was this it was they were voicing frustrations about a complete breakdown in conversation. And I thought, oh, I unintentionally, you know, hit a vein there. But you know what? That's fine. Uh, that's fine to do. So uh, so that's tonight's topic, or today's topic, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. It's nighttime when I'm recording this, but for you... I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, so we're going to talk about listening tonight and kind of uh, more specifically like listening within the context of the, the, the workplace. But that it's kind of irrelevant. Really what we're going to talk about applies um, to all facets. So I'm not going to sit and ramble on forever today. Um, one, I'm kind of tired and I don't really have... And two, I just don't, I don't have anything really good to, to add to what's not going to come later. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and get started. And um, I'm going to start this one off with um, going back to the Arkansas theme. And this is a band uh, of which that I knew and got to watch grow up. They've all sort of gone on their own separate ways now, uh, but... They were a band that came out of Russellville um, and Arkansas Tech and went pretty far in the world of things and got pretty popular and and it was kind of cool to watch and it was sort of cool to watch them mature as musicians and and go on their way and uh, see how things work. And so, and theme sort of fits for tonight anyway. This is DSVL with Follow Sound.
Okay, but I have to yell at you guys. Okay, what? Like everything they do at this house, they can't trust everything at Grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. 
I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me. Look at if we do something, if you get that out, that bird thing off, you're going to break it. Okay, but I'm asking, I'm letting you know but that you cannot. No, 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 Listen to me now. Listen to me now. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes. And you try to get cupcakes and you try to ask grandma. Didn't you? Linda, lick it. Lick it. Lick it. If we do something right out this, if we get closer, you can't even get them. You can't. Look it. Linda. Linda, listen. We have all had that conversation at some point in time with somebody. Let's just be honest. We've all done it. Um, significant other, if you have kids in that particular case, very determined three-year-old, just doesn't want to listen. And just apparently doesn't think anybody wants to listen to them either, and so we're at an impasse. What do you do there? What do you do, Linda? What do you do? Um, you listen. That's what you do, Linda. Listen, look it. So the thing about listening is when someone knows that you are listening to them, they inherently know that you are showing them respect. And this is important because if someone realizes that you are showing them a degree of respect, then... As a general rule, that person is going to appreciate you in return for that. Or they're going to they're going to respect your respect. It's when you have uh, two different sides, and it's apparent that one of them has absolutely no intention of listening. Uh, that things get a little bit problematic. And uh, sometimes that happens inadvertently. And within the context of a Especially, I guess you could say within the context of like a parent and a child or a, a boss and an employee, uh, you can have somebody comes with you with a request. And, and, and if you're not careful, you can respond in something that it's, it's called a, a non-acceptance response. And so they say something, and this kind of goes back to where I was saying, you listen to respond rather than to listen and to hear. And you, like they'll ask you something, and you're like, you know what, you have to stop, or you're like, why don't you, or just let me suggest, or whatever that you happen to be doing, and and really, your implied meaning for all that is is more like, you know what, do it my way and shut up, or you know, if you feel that way, I'm sorry, but you're just wrong, or you know what. I, I don't really care about your feelings or your feelings are subject to my approval. And people pick up on these things. You know, sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it's kind of a, a low, low burning sort of thing. Um, sometimes it's a bit more overt. But what's definitely true in any sort of environment, especially within the context of a workplace, if people feel that their, their bosses are just sort of being dismissive and and not really taking them seriously, those little problems are going to build up into larger problems. The reality is effective listening is going to 
improve relationships. Um, they just do. Uh, and they do it a lot of different ways because, you know, one, you can help understand the frame of reference the person's coming from. Um, you know, and another thing about listening, especially if you're dealing with, or maybe it's a customer, you know, it doesn't have to be an employee boss. It could be, you know, you're, you're, you run a company and you have customers and they have criticisms or, you know, suggestions or whatever. And you've got a choice on what you can do with that information or at least how you respond to them. Um, one of the things you can do is, you know, whatever they, they say, you can use that information to help shape your general interaction with them because what you're doing is learning their frame of reference. And, uh, you know, be careful about that response of, of they tell you something and you immediately try to, you know, one-up them with, well, you know what, I, you follow it with an I sort of story or response. And I'm guilty of this. Uh, I catch myself in this all the time. Because what I'm thinking I'm doing is I'm just sort of, I'm telling a story to help relate, to show them that I relate to them, their whatever their situation or scenario is. And what I have to be careful of is sometimes I'm doing that, but what I'm really doing is just kind of trying to outdo them as far as stories. Like, you think you've got a bad story. Let me tell you my story. Um, and if you read the textbook, and this is chapter four, for if anybody's keeping track, if you haven't picked up on it by now, uh, there's lots of suggestions out there. Um, things like, you know, be wary of giving advice when you're listening. Again, that's, that's listening to respond. Um, build off your supervisor's ideas. Do things, you know, know how to praise people appropriately. You know, and then be careful about criticizing your supervisors behind their back. It's one thing, to, you know, to say, hey, right up front, these, these are some issues that I think is going on right now. It's something else to just be like, you know what, I just don't think this person's cut out for this job or I just do all the things that I don't like, blah, 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 blah. So, um, here's some clues that you might not be listening very well. And I want you to think about this for yourself. Don't start immediately trying to put your significant other or boss or whoever in this. I want you to internalize this and ask yourself if these are things that you do. And you can put whatever context you are, whether it's at work or at home or wherever. If people have to repeat things to you a lot, like, you know, they, they repeatedly ask you to do something, that's a red flag. Uh, something else that could possibly be a red flag is things that were once given to you are now given to someone else to do. Some sort of responsibility. That can be a red flag. It can be a red flag for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, perhaps that you're just so overwhelmed and you're finally delegating somebody else to take off the load. That's, that's an option. I'm not going to say it's not an option. But it might be that they're always asking you to do this thing and it never gets done while it's under your, under your, control or responsibility and so they they hand it off to somebody who's actually going to take care of it so be careful of that another thing to watch out for is an increase in written communication uh, and sometimes this isn't always the fault of those on the bottom of the 
chain of command. Sometimes it's more of an issue at the top. And sometimes, if you ever watched Office Space, the TPS reports, you guys, you've got five different bosses and every one of them are coming down. This, that's a communication problem. Um, but you have this increase of written communication and it's followed up. You get too many emails from two different, too many people during the given day. And I know I have definitely worked in places that were like that. You know, there's a point you just stop. You, it's not necessarily listening at that point. It's just sort of trying to manage everything and do your job because everybody else thinks their thing's so much more important. And, you know, maybe it is. But it's hard to navigate that sometimes. Um, some other things that are kind of... Uh, of Indicators, or maybe not a great listener. Think about this: if no matter where you are, you always want to call the thing boring. You know, you're the you're the sarcastic person in the back of the room, always making commentary. I'm gonna go ahead and raise my hand and say I'm guilty on that one. Um, you're criticizing the speaker's delivery, and you're like, "Yeah, he's just not that good. Kind of dull, wasting my time." Um, sometimes you interrupt to disagree. Um, here's one I see my students do. Sometimes you just take too many notes. And I remember this was when I went to college, this was a thing I had to learn of how to stop taking so many notes. Because the more I spent time writing, I was actually listening less. And so what I had to learn how to do is take fewer notes and listen more and then go back and fill in the, the gaps by going back and, and doing the readings and doing everything else because it's as magically that all seems to work together and you know sometimes you just tolerate distractions that you shouldn't um, there are things going around you know if you're in a situation and you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and it's just too loud um, that can be a problem so just be careful about that sort of stuff um, daydreaming you know, you're reacting emotionally. You avoid difficult material. There's all kinds of stuff there, and it's all in the book, so I'm not going to spend too much time with that. Uh, another thing we can deal with that's a problem with communication or listening, it's physical barriers, like legitimate physical barriers. It's the very, you know, biggest thing is like a wall. That's a physical barrier. Uh, but something else that um, I do a lot is, you know, you're sitting there watching TV, for an example, or you're sitting at your desk and you're listening to your um, music at an appropriate level to once again um, reference Office Space. You should go watch that movie if you've never seen that movie. And um, actually, I think I'm going to pull that up while we're sitting here talking about it. Um, you do that, but you that also creates... you're sitting there talking and somebody's coming up to you and you've got things on your mind or the radio's up and they're trying to um, talk to you and create problems um, here we go this is the radio thing reasonable volume that's it and get it to play with it, bringing up a commercial in here. If it's going to load, I'm just going to talk. I should really do this stuff in advance, but sometimes this just comes up 
after I'm thinking about it, and we'll do it later. Hmm. All right, my internet is apparently not going to cooperate right now. Oh, maybe, maybe. Just so you know, I have. Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? But I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from nine to eleven. Yeah. No. No. I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if. Yep. Yeah. We Andrew's did. going to listen to her headphones while she's while she's falling. Then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating. Uh -huh. So I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right. okay. I enjoy listening. So there you get a uh, classic example of listening to respond. He's not actually li listening to try to uh, deal with the uh, issue. He's just listening to respond. Um, you should really watch that movie. You really should. Um, there's other things. There's the psychological barriers. There's the attitude barriers. You know, sometimes, let's be honest, you just there's people that you don't like. And as a result of not liking them, you tend to um, just discount anything they say. Think about the world of politics right now. Think about the moment uh, someone who's very political in nature, or maybe even a politician, or maybe you can even use the politicians that are that are out there right now as sort of your examples of, you know, if the person's coming from the opposite side of the uh, political spectrum, then they're just not going to listen to anything they say. It doesn't really matter if they have a good idea or not. Um, but we end up with people in these workplaces that end up with a lot of frustration. Um, they're just frustrated. You know, they've got physical barriers that they're dealing with. They've got psychological barriers. They've got uh, people that are that are not necessarily listening that seems to have their best interest in mind. And you just sort of end up with this. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I. I forgot. Mm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just uh, forgot. But uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Bill. What's happening? Um, I came by here yesterday. Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? But I, I was told that I could listen. To the radio at a reasonable volume from nine to eleven. Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones while she's while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating. Uh -huh. So I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right, okay. I enjoy listening at a reasonable volume. Thanks. From nine to eleven. No. Hi, Peter. 
What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. All right. And there you go. A little bit of an overlap on that, but you know what? We're doing this live, so let's just deal with it. Um, one of the other things that can come up is uh, generational boundaries. Uh, and I am going to go ahead and put out a real big fat disclaimer right from the beginning and say you know what all you know people from the same generation are not all alike um there's a lot of chatter about there you know lots of people like to point fingers at the millennials or gen z or whoever happens to be uh gen x boomers you know there's lots of okay boomer you know okay karen whatever all this stuff okay zoomer um that's out there but uh within that there's some there's kind of some key themes that seem to be uh important to different generations and within the context of the um but i call them the greatest generation the um that's kind of what they're sort of the generic term the traditionalist is what the book refers to them these are the folks that were you know that lived through world war ii or were born close to then uh they were born uh, this is the generation that precedes the baby boomers. And the key trait for those folks is loyalty. Uh, this is a, a, a generation of people who, in many parts of their life, dealt with uh, sort of a, a scarcity of resources. And so they're, you know, they hold things a little bit closer to the, the vest. They know they wanted to... And most of them aren't around anymore. Uh, these are people that went through, you know, World War II. They went through the Great Depression. Um, they went through a lot of stuff. And so it, there's a degree of security that comes with loyalty. Now, the baby boomers, that's the children of them, you know, of that generation. You know, their their big thing is competition. And this is probably, the baby boomers are probably a lot of your grandparents. That's my, my parents' age. Um but you know it's competition it's getting out there in the workflow you know these are the they they grew up in the industrious age of the united states post-world war ii uh, a lot of a lot of action going on the group that comes after them would be generation x and these are you know people born uh, in the 60s to the uh, late 70s and the thing that was sort of significant about our generation is that there was a big shift in the way the baby boomers you know, live their life. It, we were like the first generation where both parents went out and got a job. And so we were what we call latchkey kids. A lot of times we just got left at home and sort of fend for ourselves. So, you know, we're the, we're the generation where things like hot pockets came to be because, you know, we can come home from school, throw something in a microwave and uh, go about our business. And so kind of one of the key things for us is this idea of self-reliance that we can do it on our own, you know, and then, the generation after us, so a lot of you know my generation, our parents of uh, the millennials, and then Generation Z. And for the millennials, the key traits are you know immediacy and relevancy. Yeah, this is the first generation raised with the internet. Uh, 
Um, they typically had a little more, um, they had more resources. Uh, and a lot of times the, their parents who, you know, may have not had a, a lot of really strong um, guidance as parents or a lot of sort of emotional support as parents, sometimes they went the other way and really pushed a lot hard on that. And so, you know, they became kind of more helicopter type parents and they're really, really involved in many cases, tried to make their the lives of the kids as comfortable as possible. And then there's Generation Z, who I would assume most of you fall into that category. And you can look at it as, you know, the key trade is instantaneous connection. You know, you you guys, you guys have grown up in a weird age, too. So, you know, basically a lot of you guys were born in the, you know, in the shadow of 9-11, um, 2008, you had the Great Recession. You know, you had the Iraq War. There's lots of things that's been going on, but there's a lot of also advances in technology. You guys were the, you know, the smartphone generation came about. You know, you guys grew up with that. Uh, so there's a lot of different things that are going on out there. Now, one of the other things that can get in the way, or are simply what we call semantics, uh, and semantics are simply the fact that. We're, what the word means to you doesn't necessarily mean the same thing to me. Like you can say a thing and I can say a thing and we can say the exact same thing and it has a completely different context. Case in point, hooking up. Growing up for me, if I said, yeah, you know, I spent some friend, we hooked up at, you know, Taco Bell and then went out. All that meant was that we simply, you know, met up and then we went and did something. Uh, hooking up certainly has a in the age of tinder has a completely different context right now so you know sometimes when you're talking to people depending on the generation and the way that you're talking about it can have a lot of variations in meaning and so and especially that's just with a generational thing if you start getting into the context of different cultures then you know you can you can get into um, other stuff so you know just be careful when you're wading out into the weeds of that stuff and when you're the words you use are important because you want to make sure that you you're not just putting all the pressure on the listener to understand so listening actually comes in a few different stages um, for active listening the first stage is what we just call the sensing stage this is the point where you legitimately just realize someone is trying to talk to you Someone is trying to make a communication thing. It can come in all kinds of forms. You can actually hear their voice. You know, in some kind of, you, you just sort of may see them looking at you. You see them making eye contact. You create, you see the nonverbal cues. This person wants to have a conversation with me. So, you know, you just watch out for that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, they start to talk and, you know, stuff goes on. Then you go uh, to the interpreting stage. So the person is talking to you and this is going back to what we're calling coding and decoding and the interpretation is you're a liter you're literally assigning meaning to the things that they're saying um, and you're you're trying to make sure that you you you, you get it uh, and then you go to an evaluation stage and that's when you're basically judging what the person said like you're the first one you're you're sensing it then you're kind of interpreting it 
and now you're evaluating like you're evaluating the overall weight of the thing and what are they trying to say are you looking for you know subtext or like what are what is the thing that you're trying are they a credible person you're, you're looking for all of this stuff and this all happens really really fast this happens within you know seconds with or under a second sometimes and then you move into the responding stage and this is where you you know offer some level of feedback and you know and, it's, and again it goes back and forth back and forth back and forth uh, them doing the same thing as you and then finally uh, it's the memory stage and it's when you actually commit the things that they're saying to a degree of memory uh, think about this, and I'm again throwing myself under the the bus here. You meet somebody for the first time, and they tell you your name, and the, by the moment that name is out of their mouth, you've already forgotten it. You've already forgotten it. So, you know, there's tricks to doing that, um, and part of it is, you know, sometimes we're in those moments that we're just sort of overwhelmed, and you're you're meeting somebody, and you're just trying not to screw up the interaction that you don't actually put any um, energy into memorization of what's going on. And, you know, and so there's little exercises you can do, like somebody introduces themselves to you, and then you repeat their name back to them, and so you actually, it forces you to say it. There's stuff like that. Um, and it just goes on and on and on. Um, there's some more things in the back here in the back of the chapter on back how you memorize um, or improve your um, listening skills and they, and they talk about like sort of when you're listening to somebody sort of like if you're listening to a speaker you're listening like to me or another professor talking you try to pick up on like the keywords like what what is the thing like if there's a center point that they're trying to get me to walk away with what is it and then you you say all right this is the thing that they're trying I, I get what they're trying to tell me now I'm listening to their argumentation like how they're trying to get me there and then when you take notes like I was saying earlier don't don't overdo it take some brief notes and then you know listen for facts as well as like the motivations and feelings behind those facts if somebody's saying something you know look for not just the words that they're saying but the context to which they're saying with them are they trying are they intentionally trying to persuade you to feel a certain way or think a certain way you know and then try to avoid your own personal prejudice with all that there's a lot of things that you can do uh, but the most important is just simply listen uh, actively listening and convince yourself that the thing that this person is saying and I guess this is probably one of the most important important things just understand that no matter where you are there may be something really important that you're going to learn from this interaction it may surprise you you may it may be unexpected but there's a good chance with this conversation or this whatever interaction that you're in that you are going to learn something that has a really good chance of making your life better so if you need to you know bring it down to something that's a little more selfish in nature do it um because believe it or not you're actually going to be giving them respect by doing that all right that's going to wrap up this one um check out the uh blackboard page for assignments and don't forget to read the chapter and i'm going to take you out with another arkansas artist this is listener yeah, and I did that on purpose. Uh, listener with a wooden heart.
born to broken people on their most honest day of living. Since that first breath, only grace that we've never given. Well, well, I've been haunted by standard red devils and white ghosts. It's not only when these eyes are closed. These lies are ropes. I tied into my stomach, but they hold this ship together, tossed like leaves in this weather. My dreams are sails that I point towards my true north, stretch thin up on my rib bones, and pray that it gets better. But it won't. At least I don't believe it will. So. So I built a wooden heart inside this iron ship to sail these blood red seas and find your coast. Don't let these waves wash away your hopes. This, this warship is sinking and I still believe in anchors. Pulling fistfuls of rotten wood from my heart. Oh, I still believe in saviors. Cause we are all made out of shipwrecks, every single board. Wash and bound my crooked teeth on these rocky shores. So come on and let's wash each other with tears of joy and tears of grief. Fold our lives like crashing waves and run up on this beach. Come on and sew us together. Just some tattered rags stained forever. We only have what we remember. Well, I'm the barely living son of woman, a man who barely made it. But we're making it. Take together on raw crutches and new start. We all have the same holes in our hearts. Everything falls apart. The exact same time it all comes together. But, but, but Papa's gonna give me Papa's in the book. No, he's not. Yeah. 
Kevin. I have to. You want? You don't want me to hit Kevin, or you don't want me to spank you? No. Why? Because anybody oh, wants to spank me. Then I have to spank Kevin. He's your little pop ups, but he doesn't listen. But Lumba, honey, honey, look at, look at this. Right now, you can't do anything if you can't get.